tuning in today to I've Heard That Song Before. I'm your host, Joe Hunter. Every week we invite a guest into the studio to examine a song from the Great American Songbook. This week we're very happy to have, once again, Les Roberts. He's the co-host with Ann Elder of the movie review show Green Light Reviews, as well as being a renowned author and writer, producer, pianist, a man who wears many hats. And I'm exhausted already. <laughs> We're so happy to have you back once again. It's great to be here. You know, music is one of my true loves, along with writing and movies. So I'm always excited to come back in here and talk about one of my favorite songs with you. Well, you've chosen a classic loved by singers and instrumentalists. Music by George Gershwin, lyrics by Ira Gershwin. The title is A Foggy Day in London Town. I have always loved this song, and every time anybody plays it or sings it, I see the way London actually looks in the fog, and it's so romantic and exciting and thrilling. And I can say for myself, it's a tune that I've always enjoyed playing. Yep. It's a good vehicle for improvisation. Definitely. Just a little background on the song. Of course, this came from a Gershwin musical called Damsel in Distress, and of course, that was based on a novel by P.G. Wodehouse. P.G. Wodehouse used to tease Gershwin a lot about being so enthusiastic about having this show made because the protagonist in the story is a young composer named George, <laughs> who, though is a very successful composer, is unsuccessful at finding the right woman to marry. That's really <laughs> interesting because, of course, George never married. No, he never did. And I think another connection that Gershwin had with it, as a very young man, he was a rehearsal pianist on a musical entitled Miss 1917 that was written by Jerome Kern and lyrics by P.G. Wodehouse. Wow, that's really going back. Yeah, yeah. And it does make one wonder, you know, despite all the teasing he gave to George Gershwin, I wonder if Wodehouse's character was somehow based on George Gershwin. It makes a lot of sense to me. And of course, Fred Astaire starred in the musical in 1937, then in 38, a movie was made of Damsel in Distress. And, of course, Fred starred in both of those. And I think he was the first person to record it. That's right, he was. And those of you who are more used to seeing Fred Astaire dance, and he danced like nobody in this world, he was a terrific singer. He really was. Oh, yes. That timing that you need to be a great dancer, which, of course, he had, he conveyed that same sense of time and rhythm when he sang. Absolutely. And he was so classy and so charming, no matter what he was singing. And if you ever get an opportunity to get your hands on a record that really, I think, speaks to Fred Astaire's timing as a singer, in the 50s, he made some great jazz recordings with some of the great jazz players of the day. And I'm talking about Oscar Peterson, Ray Brown, Ben Webster. Norman Grant's produced a series of records, Fred Astaire, with these jazz greats. And they're marvelous. And he loved the jazz idiom. Yeah. So much, and he really brought so much to it. Well, I think we should start off with the original recording of Fred Astaire from the movie musical A Damsel in Distress. This is Fred Astaire from 1938 doing our featured song today, George and Ira Gershwin's A Foggy Day in London Town. I was a stranger in the city, out of town were the people I knew. I had that feeling of self-pity. What to do, what to do, what to do? The outlook was decidedly blue. But as I walked through the foggy streets alone, it turned out to be the luckiest day I've known. A foggy day in London town had me low and had me down. I viewed the morning with alarm 
The British Museum had lost its charm. How long, I wonder, could this thing last? But the age of miracles hadn't passed. For suddenly I saw you there. And through foggy London town the sun was shining This thing last, but the age of miracles hadn't passed. For suddenly I saw you there, and through foggy London town the sun was shining everywhere. And that was Fred Astaire singing our featured song today, A Foggy Day in London Town, and that came from the 1938 movie musical, A Damsel in Distress. Doesn't that make you smile just listening to it? And if I can give a movie plug here, if you want to go out and rent this movie, A Damsel in Distress, if you can find it anywhere, by all means, do. You're going to love it, you're going to love him, and you're going to love this song. Well, we were discussing before we went on the air, uh, apparently there was some casting difficulties when they were making this movie. RKO had to find somebody to replace Ginger Rogers. They had done seven musicals together at that point, Astaire and Rogers, and she didn't want to do another musical. Well, she didn't want to because she considered herself a serious actress, and of course she did win an Oscar for her acting. But they replaced her with Joan Fontaine, another Oscar-winning actress. But not a dancer. Not really a dancer. dancer, She had a tough time with Fred Astaire, but he made her look good. And apparently the movie also had some great scenes with the comedy team George Burns and Gracie Allen. Oh, yeah. I think I'll rent it just for those two. Absolutely. I'm a big fan of theirs. (laughs) Well, it was a very, very interesting take. I could sort of see Fred Astaire dancing about while listening to that. Oh, definitely. And I liked the way he phrased that. I was really struck with that sort of a foggy day in London town on beat four. Really laid in on that. There was no downbeat. I think most people do it beat a foggy day. And Mm -hmm. he did it a foggy day. Yeah, I love it when he handled it like that. Got a little bit of something different in there. You know, you think of George Gershwin, actually George and Ira Gershwin. Ira was a brilliant lyricist. He wasn't just a songwriter. He was a great composer. And even some of these popular songs that have come down, The Man I Love and, you know, so many other songs, listen to them. They are so inventive. They're so creative and they're so different. And they have survived 70 or more years. It's quite amazing. Oh, and his music, I always think of just so intrinsically linked to jazz and the swing rhythms, you know, that emerged in America in the 1920s. I mean, Gershwin really had a love for it. He had his finger right there in New York City, hearing those vibrant jazz rhythms, and he incorporated them so beautifully into his music. Oh, yeah. And I also know that George loved to hear jazz musicians play his songs. Oh, of course. You know, unlike, say, a Richard Rodgers or something, George Gershwin loved to hear other people interpret. 
interpret it and often took trips up to Harlem to hear these great jazz players interpret his songs. You know, it's too bad that George Gershwin did not live long enough to hear these songs done properly by Fred Astaire and the other people in the cast. As a matter of fact, George died at the age of 38 or 39 or so of a brain tumor while this film, A Damsel in Distress, was being shot. Yeah, great loss. One of my favorite quotes from Ira Gershwin from the 1950s, you know, when Ella Fitzgerald was recording all those songbooks, Cole Porter songbook, the Richard Rogers songbook, the Gershwin songbook, a great quote from Ira Gershwin saying, I didn't realize how great our songs were till I heard Ella Fitzgerald sing them. (laughs) That's for sure. (laughs) And I wish George had lived and heard her sing them. Oh, yeah. We're having a lot of fun today listening to A Foggy Day in London Town. Uh, Again, I just love that song. And when I worked as a musician, I used to play it a lot. It's a very popular one for singers and jazz musicians. Right. Well, we started with Fred Astaire, who, of course, had the original recording of it and starred in the original Broadway production as well as the RKO musical. But I thought we would change it up a little bit and go to, a, as I mentioned before, a very popular singer from the 1950s, and that is Miss Patti Page. She was terrific. She had such a pleasant voice. And had quite a string of hits in the she 1950s. She sure did. Sold a lot of records. Tennessee Waltz was her big mm-hmm. one, and big You one. Belong to Me. That's another big one, right? And, of course... How much is that doggy in the window? Oh, I forgot that was her. <laughs> well, I'm curious to see what she's going to do. So why don't we listen to Patty Page doing a Foggy Day in London Town, lyrics by Ira Gershwin, music by George Gershwin. I think that bell must be Big Ben, right? <laughs> I was a stranger in the city Out of town were the people I knew I had that feeling of self-pity What to do, what to do, what to do The outlook was decidedly blue But as I walked through the foggy streets it turned out to be like that bass the like that. luckiest oh, yeah. day I've known. Wow. This is pretty jazzy for her. <laughs> Absolutely. A foggy day in London town Had me low, had me down Such a lie. The British Museum had lost its charm. How long I wondered could this thing last? The age of miracles hadn't passed. For suddenly I saw you standing right there, and through foggy London town. The sun was shining The sun was shining 
Patty Page doing our featured song, A Foggy Day in London Town. That did sound like Big Ben in the background. <laughs> That's what I kept thinking when I heard that big bell. Now, I got to say, that was really quite different than the Patty Page that I think of, her string of hits in the 50s. That was really kind of jazzy, I thought. It was kind of jazzy. And also, this is the first time, and I've listened to her since I was a child, the first time I ever realized that she sounded a lot like Peggy Lee. Hmm, yeah, interesting. Very clear crystal clear and very sophisticated voice. Yeah. The clarity reminded me more of Doris Day, you know, when she was the straight ahead band singer. Right. You know, she had also that nice clarity. And I was very struck with the arrangement. Quite interesting. It should be noted, we forgot to mention at the outset, that both of the performances that we've heard so far have included the verse, which you don't hear all the time. I was a stranger in the city, out of town with the people I knew. Yeah, I think that a lot of people chose to sing this, especially in the early days, because it's a short song. That's true, (laughs) right? The tune itself is not that long, is it? Right. Also, it really sets up the feeling. I had that feeling of self-pity. The outlook was decidedly blue, and I walked through the foggy streets alone, and you think, oh my God, this is going to be terrible, and all of a sudden... It gets very happy because the singer sees that person standing right there, and then the sun was shining all over the place. You know, it's amazing how this song was put together with minor chords and major chords interspersed. It's really fascinating for me. Yeah, I know what you mean. We have a nice contrast of the sort of brightness of the major sound and a little darkness of the minor sound. It's a very nice contrast back and forth in this tune. Well, again, you know, they are writing a song about... I'm sad, and now I'm happy. And I think going back and forth from the minor, which reminds you of funerals, (laughs) and suddenly now the sun is shining, and I'm up-tempo, and I'm in a major chord. It really sounds neat. Yeah, and of course, in this record, we kept hearing Big Ben chiming away. That's right. Letting us know. I was struck with some of the instruments that you don't really hear. I pointed out when we were listening to it, there was those bass clarinets in the introduction and the verse, and then also... I heard a lot of like oboes and French horns, very orchestral in a jazz setting. It was kind of unusual. It was very unusual and, again, a very creative arrangement for a straight-ahead singer like Patti Page. We're going now to an instrumental version of this classic American song. We're going to hear it performed by a gentleman we lost at the end of 2007 and was one of the major losses in the world of jazz. This was one of the true titans, a colossus of the jazz piano, and I'm referring to the great Oscar Peterson. You know, Joe, when Mr. Peterson passed away, I felt very strangely, as I did with Jack Benny and with Johnny Carson and with Jimmy Stewart, a real personal loss that there is not going to be any more Oscar Peterson. Of course, he's got a gazillion records out, and I've listened to most of them, and he is such an astonishing artist. Absolutely, and I agree. We are so lucky to have so many great recordings that will live on forever, so we can always keep going back to them. But I also felt a little bit of a seismic shift in the world of jazz. I mean, this is a man who came from a time when there were giants of this music, and he is one of the huge, huge forces in jazz piano, in jazz in general. I mean, it's really just no one like him. No one ever did play the piano like him or ever will. I remember the first time I heard him play 
I said to my mother at the time, I said, I'm never going to play the piano again because, <laughs> you know, if I play for the next hundred years, I'm not going to approach what he does. He's a gentleman that I always return to for inspiration constantly. I always check back in with Oscar Peterson. The way he swings, I think he has one of the most forceful, vibrant, infectious swing feels. The way his rhythm, not to mention, of course, we're both pianists. Right. At some point, it's a very daunting task to look at that technique honestly. And I understand your reaction that you had as a young man that why bother? I mean, this guy has taken piano technique to such an extreme level. You want to slam the piano lid you know, <laughs> on your hands. Somebody once said to me, who knew nothing about jazz, and I played one of Oscar's tunes for her, and she said, my goodness, he plays so fast. <laughs> well, if that's all you get out of it, fine, you're getting the fastest. But he doesn't always play fast. And I think in what we're going to hear, he's not in any rush. You know, the cab isn't running. <laughs> and it's still as exciting and really gets to you as anything he's ever done. Oh, he was so wonderful and so inventive. Absolutely. And as I mentioned earlier, there's some great records that he made with Fred Astaire in the 1950s. And right. we recommend that to our listeners. But why don't we listen to Oscar Peterson do this instrumental version of our chosen song today, George and Ira Gershwin's A Foggy Day in London Town. Oh, we've got to listen to this, Joe. I've been waiting for it all show. Oscar Peterson. subdued tempo. up in a stair image. Definitely. Even his tone got happier. 
And that was the great jazz pianist Oscar Peterson performing our selected tune for today, George and Ira Gershwin's A Foggy Day in London Town. And he was, of course, backed by his second great trio, and that included Ray Brown on the bass and Ed Thigpen on the drums. And we were saying, you know, I've heard so many jazz players kind of play with a very brisk, fast tempo, you know. Yeah. And it was interesting. That was restrained, and it reminded me of a stare. And I just recently finished the Oscar Peterson autobiography. I don't know if you've had a chance to read that. It I just came not, out no. last year. Very good read. There was a, quite a mutual admiration society between Fred Astaire and Oscar Peterson. And as a matter of fact, you know, as I mentioned, they did some records together in the 50s, and Fred Astaire sent a gold bracelet to Oscar Peterson. It was written on it to O.P., from F.A., and it was one of Oscar Peterson's prized possessions. How terrific. He wore it all the time. He was very, very proud of it. Sure. We're going to hear this classic tune, A Foggy Day, by George and Ira Gershwin, done by one of the great, great Broadway and movie musical stars, Judy Garland. (laughs) How do you top one with another? We have heard three great versions of this, and Judy Garland, again, one of my favorites. And she did such wonderful work, especially as she got older. We're going to now hear something from a very, very famous recording by Judy Garland. This is a recording of her 1961 Carnegie Hall concert, and I think this has to be one of her biggest albums. Yeah, I think it was, too. This record is so famous and so popular that there's a contemporary singer-songwriter named Rufus Wainwright out there, and he just recently recreated the entire 1961 Judy Garland Carnegie Hall concert. (laughs) That would be interesting to hear. It would be interesting. But I think I'd rather listen to Judy. (laughs) Well, we're going to hear Judy not just do the song, as we heard from Fred Astaire and from Patti Page earlier. We're also going to hear the verse again, this marvelous verse to this great song, A Foggy Day. Joe, I hope that our younger listeners really pay attention to this next number, because most of them know Judy Garland only from Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz, going down the yellow brick road with the lion and the tin man (laughs) and the scarecrow. But she was a very young girl when she did that film, about 17 or 18 years old. She has matured since then, trust me. She is a very, very sophisticated and powerful and talented performer. And this song, along with The Man Who Got Away from A Star Is Born, it really gets to you. Absolutely. So everybody pay real close attention to this because it's that good. Yes, a consummate cabaret singer. This is so powerful and so moving. You're going to love it. Listen carefully. So why don't we listen to Judy Garland, recorded April 23rd, 1961, at Carnegie Hall in New York City, a foggy day in London town. I was a stranger in the city, out of town were the people I knew. I had that feeling of self-pity What to do, what to do, what to do The outlook was decidedly blue But as I walked through the foggy streets alone It turned out to be the luckiest day I've known A foggy day in London town 
had me low, had me down. I viewed the morning with alarm. The British Museum had lost. How long I wondered could this thing last? But the age of miracles hadn't passed for Wasn't that interesting? Decidedly different from everything we've heard thus far. Judy Garland had quite a decidedly different take on it. Really, she did the whole thing as a ballad. She did, listening to the vibrato in her voice, which nobody else does quite like that. It made her sound so vulnerable. If you think of the ballads that she does, like Foggy Day and, of course, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, which is one of my favorite Christmas songs, It just breaks your heart listening to her because there's sadness and hope behind almost everything she does. Yeah, and I've never heard it done strictly as a ballad. I mean, I think ordinarily you'd hear the verse done sort of with no tempo. Right. Rubato would be a term we would use, no real tempo. And then when we get to the body of the tune, A Foggy Day in London Town, there would be some sort of meter. But she kept that flowing out of rhythm sort of ballad feel all the way through the entire performance. That's right. And when she gets to the happiest part, the last couple of lines... She got louder and more confident in what she was singing about and more confident in the story that she was telling. I just think this is an astonishing recording. She is a consummate storyteller. Oh, yeah. There's no question about that. That is an actress singing. Yep. Yes. Again, that was Judy Garland from her very famous recording at Carnegie Hall made in 1961. She was performing our featured song, George and Ira Gershwin's A Foggy Day in London Town. And we've gone a lot of different places. We examined with the original recording by Fred Astaire. And then we went to a very popular singer from the 1950s, Patti Page. And then, of course, we heard one of the giants of jazz, Oscar Peterson and his trio, Swing It. And then we ended with Judy Garland doing that beautiful ballad. Very nice. Who can pick one? They were all four of them so good. Yes. Well, it's one of the things that we love here on. I've heard that song before. It's our belief that these songs, the reason that they're the great American songbook is that they can be interpreted by so many different types of artists. That's why we all have so many records. 
Very good point. Okay, so as we like to do here on I've Heard That Song Before, we always like to finish with a bonus track for our guest, and I have found something that I was really tickled and happy to turn less onto. We've heard some Oscar Peterson. Of course, we think of Oscar Peterson as one of the great jazz pianists of all time, but not everybody knows that he also was a singer. We're going to hear a vocal record by the great jazz pianist Oscar Peterson. I only heard this recording once, so I can't wait to hear it again. Well, you may or may not know it, but Nat King Cole was a huge inspiration for Oscar Peterson as a pianist. They were very good friends, and actually Oscar Peterson modeled his first group after Nat King Cole's group, and that was the instrumentation of piano, bass, and guitar, no drums. That's right. He was such a tasty player. Tasty and very important. I mean, really was a phenomenal jazz pianist. And of course, I think most people think of him as a singer. And of course, he went on to have an incredibly successful career as a singer. In February of 1965, Nat succumbed to lung cancer and he died. And it was a huge loss for popular music as well as for jazz music. So later that year, November of 1965, Oscar Peterson went into the studio and recorded this tribute an album of vocal performances called With Respect to Nat. And I've looked for this record for years and years and years. (laughs) Very obscure, hard to find. And he really only plays piano on a couple songs. This is mostly Oscar Peterson singing. And I think you will find he sounds an awful lot like Nat King Cole. Yes, he does. (laughs) Yes, he does. Apparently, at private parties and such, Oscar Peterson was always asked right. to sing, you know, oh, come on. And I think he sounded so much like Nat that he probably just kept it for you know private audiences in sure. that recording. But I think it's a real testament to his love and respect for this man who had been such a huge influence on him that Oscar Peterson made this decision to record this album of all Nat King Cole hits. We're talking about Sweet Lorraine, Unforgettable, Gee Baby Ain't I Good To You. I mean, just hit after hit of Nat King Cole songs. And there are a hundred great Nat Cole songs. So I thought we'd pick one that's very much connected with Nat Cole, and that's It's Only a Paper Moon. Ah, This is another classic popular song by Harold Arlen and Yip Harburg. Yeah, so why don't we listen to this rather obscure record by the great jazz pianist Oscar Peterson in front of the microphone singing It's Only a Paper Moon. Only a paper moon Sailing over a cardboard sea But it wouldn't be make-believe If you believed in me Yes, it's only a canvas sky Hanging over a muslin tree But it wouldn't be make-believe If you believed in me Without your love It's a honky-tonk parade Without your love It's a melody played in a penny arcade It's a Barnum and Bailey world Just as phony as it can be But it wouldn't be make-believe If you believed in me Thank you. 
without your love. It's a honky-tonk parade without your love. It's a melody played in a penny arcade. It's a Barnum and Bailey world, just as phony as it can be. But it wouldn't be make-believe if you believed in me. If you believed in me. If you believed in me. No, that was not Nat King Cole, ladies and gentlemen. That was Oscar Peterson doing the Harold Arlen and Yip Harburg composition, It's Only a Paper Moon, and that came from an album entitled With Respect to Nat. Les, what'd you think of that? I'll tell you why I loved it so much. As Nat King Cole did, Oscar sang that song as he sang almost every other song that I've ever heard him sing, as if it's just between him and me. It's not for, you know, a crowd of 5,000 people in an arena. It's very intimate. It's very personal. And you want to listen carefully because he's trying to tell you something. I just thought this was such a lot of fun. That was the original Oscar Peterson trio, Ray Brown on bass, Herb Ellis on guitar, and Oscar Peterson was on the piano on that. It sounded like him. Yes, it did, didn't it? I agree with you in that intimacy. He really was so much like Nat. I think it's, again, a tribute to Nat Cole. Oscar plays a lot like him in a lot of the things that he does, and now he's singing a lot like him on this particular tune. And for any of our listeners who enjoy watching YouTube, there's some marvelous footage out there of Oscar Peterson accompanying Nat King Cole, and there's actually some great cuts of them trading off on the piano. I've never seen those. They're on YouTube? They're on YouTube, yes. I'm going to go right home and find it. Go in there and and put Oscar Peterson and Nat King Cole together. It's really classic. Came from Nat King Cole, of course, had a television show in the 1950s. Right. Didn't last too long because they couldn't find any sponsors to fund a show hosted by an African-American. That was the first TV show hosted by an African-American. Yeah. They got a good solid year in, and then they had to fold because nobody wanted to come up with any money. But sure. There's some great footage from that show, which includes these two, again, colleagues and very good friends. And if we lost Nat in 1965, Oscar, who was his protege and who adored him, and they were very good friends, Lived without him for 40-some years. Yeah. That's a long time. Well, we've had an awful lot of fun today. In studio, our guest has been Les Roberts. Les, thank you so much for joining us again today. Thank you for having me. It's always just a ball coming in here and fooling around with the music with you. And Les chose for our featured tune today, A Foggy Day in London Town by George and Ira Gershwin. And we had a lot of fun listening to different renditions of that. And we finished off with our bonus track, Oscar Peterson doing his tribute to the great Nat King Cole doing the Harold Arlen and Yip Harburg composition, It's Only a Paper Moon, and that came from an album entitled With Respect to Nat. That's been reissued on the Verve label for anybody who would be looking for that. Once again, thank you, Les. You've been listening to I've Heard That Song Before. I'm your host, Joe Hunter, and we'll see you next time.
Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it, right down to the shaking microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not so grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life. Uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind Podcast.